0: Welcome to CEO Conversations, the Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Brandy Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Welcome to a special episode of CO Conversations, the Private Practice Podcast. Get ready because you guys are in for a treat. This week, you're hearing the behind the scenes for my podcast launch party, where I invited Ladon Townsend and Diana Williams, two of my dear friends and colleagues, my business besties, to talk about leadership and money. Before I go in deeper about what this week's episode is about, I just wanted to say thank you so much for all the kind messages, DMs, thank yous, I'm proud of yous, the five-star ratings that are starting to pour in for launching this podcast. It has been amazing to get the recognition to find out that it's very helpful for you in your journey and that it's making an impact. So please continue to rate, share and subscribe as we continue our journey together. For Ladon and Diana. Let me tell you. Let me tell you because you're getting ready to get all the gems and the education because these two are second to none when it comes to their expertise. So inside this episode, you're going to learn how important it is to recognize the way you show up in your business and how it impacts the bottom line and your money potential, the ways we can show up as a better leader in our business that allows us and our teams to help move the practice forward, which leads to more profit, the leadership flaws that are costing us. And as we grow our business and impacting the financial health of the practice, plus the authenticity of what to do as a leader when the money isn't coming in and it's a dry season. We've all gone through times where either the revenue doesn't look the way that we want it to look, or we're in a period where like we have to pay vendors, we might need payroll and the money isn't matching. So this episode is very real right? We're not doing any kind of fluff. We're having deep conversations. I'm going to warn you that you probably want a pen and a notebook because this is an ex- like more of an extensive episode. You might even want to pour your favorite beverage as you are diving into this. So Ladon and Diana have extensive experience. So I'm going to go through and tell you what their bios are. So Diana Williams is the proud owner of Diana B & Company, a virtual finance firm that offers accounting CFO in tax services to private practice owners and service providers diana b and company's ultimate goal is to recognize and empower women of color so they can confidently sustain their rapid business growth increase profits and cash and make informed business decisions diana has a master's of business administration and finance from east carolina university and a bachelor's of science in accounting from the university of north carolina at greensboro Over the last 15 years, she has worked for companies like American Express, MetLife, AXA, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America in various accounting and finance roles. In her spare time, she enjoys reading, brunch days with friends, traveling, attending sporting and music events, and volunteering. Ladon Townsend is the CEO of Voss Group, a strategic advisory firm that helps companies scale through profitable revenue growth plans. She has been entrusted by global brands such as NASA, Fortune, the SBA, the bipartisan group of United States House of Congressmen. As a former corporate America executive, she brings to her clients 20 years of experience delivering strategies for profitable revenue growth and executive leadership development. She believes that business can be forced for good that begins with the leadership at the helm. Ladon is a Los Angeles native now living in Austin, Texas, a lover of world travel, history, good books, and coffee with a shot of oat milk. So again, you're in for a treat. So as you dive in, think about your money, think about your leadership. Think about how one is impacting the other and buckle up and get ready sake of introductions, I'm going to go in order. So Ladon, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and where are you are coming from and your bio and all those things?
1: Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Ladon Townsend. I'm a leadership expert and focus on helping leaders be intentional leaders to drive organizational growth. I have been in business for over nine years, bootstrapped from the ground up, came from a layoff. Um, all of the things, and I have learned that your leadership will guide how you guide your business, so I'm very excited about this conversation tonight, and Brandy is one of my business best friends, so I am so honored to be here with her and be a part of the podcast, and I am ready to rock and roll.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited to have our second guest here, my CFO,
2: actually, Diana Williams. Hello, hello. So I am Diana Williams. As Brandy stated, I am her CFO. Uh, I am an accountant, CFO, and tax strategist for mental health therapists and private practice owners. So my entire role is to make sure that we manage the money well um, and also create a plan or strategy around making sure that there is long-term benefits of what we are in these practices doing from day to day.
0: So amazing. So amazing. We're talking about leadership and money. And so I'm curious to know both of your perspectives of how you think they're connected from a leadership mindset. Um, What have you seen with the clients that you work with and just maybe in your own businesses? And so we know that how we show up from a leadership mindset perspective or how we're leading ourselves definitely impacts the bottom line. So do you want to maybe dive in a little bit more about what you think? And I'll start with you, LaDon. You know,
1: I come from the finance world. I worked in banking for a very long time. Um, I come from banking before there was like my space, just to like age myself a bit. And it wasn't until I became a business owner that I understood the, re- the money story we have. And I believe that our relationship with money will accelerate a deal with a potential client or it will decelerate it. And the relationship that your team has with money will either help your business or hurt your business. Um, and this took time for me to really grasp. So saying it, I understood it, but it wasn't until I got into the throes of having a business where you really start looking at. I remember when I went full-time, I would sit at my desk and you, know, you look at the bank account and you look at the list of bills and then I always would say, the money will come, the money will come. And that wasn't like a mind over matter. It was number one, I believe that I'm called by God to be a CEO with this message and lead it. And if I know he called me, he'll provide. And so when I said those things, it was out of faith and it was to speak physically into the atmosphere of my belief. And then I had to get to work. So this relationship with money, you have that for a while, but then you get to a point as a business owner where your understanding and your non-negotiables about money become so firm, where you, where, where you, there is just a minimum that must come in. Now we know as business owners, some months is high, some months is low, but if we don't start setting those minimums and those non-negotiables and those business beliefs, we can't get to the day to where it is consistent. And so it's been a, it's been a journey of my understanding of the relationship with money from saying it, from then living it out, and then to stretch myself and my own belief of what is now my minimum requirement. And then to do the work, but to really seek God to say, okay, is this the path? Is this how you want me to do it? Are we in alignment? Okay, let's go. And when I feel like it's, um, it's not always all easy But when I feel like I'm in flow and even when the challenges come, I'm still on the right path because I have a piece about it. And that's how I check myself on my money story.
2: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Diana, what do you think? So in terms of what I've experienced or seen with my clients is, When you talk about leadership, we're talking about being able to have an influence, right? Influence others to take action. And whenever there is opportunity as it relates to money mindset or just managing the money or even understanding what the numbers even mean, there's a lack of confidence that is there in the leader or in the the CEO. So as a CEO, of course, your role is to make decisions that are in the best interest of the company. And so when you don't understand what's happening from a finance perspective, or when you're all over the place, you don't have any structure or clarity around the numbers, it's really hard for you to show up in that way. Um, So that stress and that burnout, specifically for therapists, those that are, or any other private practice owners, when you're caring for other people and we think about burnout, some of that's related to the money not being there and you're not seeing the money directly tied to the impact that you're having with your clients. And so, Yes, we're all out here to impact and we're out here to help people um, and serve in a way that God has allowed us to do it. But money is also a byproduct of that. And so when people don't experience it, and they're not able to live the life that they want to live, or they're not able to accomplish some of those personal goals that they have, there's a direct correlation in how they show up as a CEO and or a leader. Also in the way that they invest in themselves, I would say, so, and of course, Brandy, you know, you see this as a coach, right? When there's no money, we can't invest in ourselves. So now we're talking about professional development and how we're not able to invest in that. So maybe that impacts how we're able to show up, which also impacts your confidence. And so it's just a cycle of, when we don't get a handle on money, when we don't face money, it trickles down into all the other aspects of your role or your roles that you play within your business.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that. I I think the connection I'm making is the burnout and the money piece. And nobody really, no one talks about that. Like just as a business owner, when the money isn't there or the money's not coming fast enough. It definitely impacts how we feel. It impacts, it takes up so much time, so much energy just to try to cycle through and to put yourself in a, in a mindset of let me lead myself, you know, let me come from a Mm -hmm. place of empowerment. Let me come from a place of confidence when the bank account is saying something completely different than what the mindset needs to be. So I, I love, 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 love that perspective and that you brought up that point for sure. And And I'll even
2: add if it's okay. Yeah. Even when the money's there, right? So I've worked with a private practice owner and there was money there. And because of mindset or scarcity mindset, she had a hard time making decisions that were conducive to the business because it's like, well, I don't want to touch the money or I don't want the money to go under a certain point. So mindset around money is when there's a lot of money there and also when there's no money there. Mm -hmm. So everybody, you know, falls in where they fall in but the root cause of it all is what is our, our relationship with money and mindset around it and how that influences the decisions. So I wanted to add that.
0: Yeah, no, no. And it's true. It's true. Cause like I've worked with owners where the money is there, but they're coming from a place of maybe cause they've gone through a hard time financially and everything mm-hmm. is like made from a decision of that place, right? Compared to like, okay, I have the money now, where's the best way to place it? Where's the best way to, you know, to use it, to invest it? Like, what's the best decision? And they struggle, you know, they struggle with that. So, which also too can lead to burnout, you know? So sure. yeah, so it's so good how, it, how it's connected. So what are some things that, oh, LaDawn, I something free, that say something?
1: yeah, I think that when we have seasons where we've lived in that for a while, right, where you've had to be um, unintentionally budget conscious, right, Mm -hmm. I'll just call it a dry season, but your whole business life has not been that way, but sometimes the pain of going through that can make us a bit gun shy, meaning the boldness we had, the confidence we had, and and. I'm only speaking from experience. And and I believe all of us here, like what you're hearing is not theory. Like it's things we've walked out or we've had to walk through with clients. But one of the things I want to caution people is when you go through a dry season and you sense the business is picking back up is not to forget who you were and not to forget that if you go through a season of dryness, again, you'll know how to navigate it more or you'll know how to prepare for it, right? And I think the, the risk area and the watch item is not to stay in the valley. If you're, we mm-hmm. as business owners are meant to conquer the hill. That doesn't mean we have to exhaust ourselves, but when you come out of a dry season and then you start to get some deposits and you're like, I, I don't want to touch anything, right? Are you coming from the mindset of wisdom? Are you listening to your CFO who's guiding you wisely, or are you h- holding on to the money and not investing and not growing out of fear that you'll never have it again? because that's that's not even true right you have to be able to grow and be cautious of how you're making the decisions about the money because if you had it once it's going to come again but maybe that dry season was to teach you how to better handle the money or make pivots in your business so that the doors can be opening for what you're really supposed to do. So I just wanted to share that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think that this is a really great conversation because I'm thinking about, and Diana, we have these conversations about what we see on social media. Right. Everybody is like a millionaire. Everybody is like just killing it in the game and just rich and has fancy cars and big houses. And, you know, there's no problems in the world because (laughs) everybody's got seven figures, you know, just rocking it and buying homes and doing all the stuff and just stunting, you know, on Instagram. And there's nobody who is saying like there are real dry seasons in business. There are times where the money is not coming in the way that you want it to come in or it this don't look right or what's happening. And so when, during those times, what's the best way to show up, like what's that leadership mindset that we need to have, because it's important not only for you, but also for your team, right? So if you have team members who are working for you, and you are sitting there in this season, where things aren't looking good from a bank, from a bank statement perspective, the banking account isn't matching, um, and you think that you should be further ahead, like what are some ways that we can show up better in the leadership capacity That allows for us to to continue to move the company forward. Because even in those dry seasons, we have to show up even more. And sometimes those are the hardest seasons to show up because you, because you're not in the mood, right? You feel defeated. So what are you, what's your perspectives on some things that we can do when the money isn't what we want it to be?
2: I hate to say this because it's always like, there's no money, but my response is always going to be get support and there is support available at all levels. And so sometimes it may not look like the person you want to work with, but there is support available still um, and you just have to be resourceful in that. And so when I think about who we're talking to, right? Our therapists, our private practice owners, they are in uh, positions where they are supportive uh, for other beings, right? And so, and I'll take myself, for example, I have a financial advisor um, that I meet with bi-weekly to talk about my money and to talk about what my plans are and all the things. And it's not that we have any type of conversations that I don't already have an expertise in or already know about or what to do, but it, it's more about the accountability and having that support and having that partner with you um, to help navigate those ups and those downs because we're all going to experience them specifically for people of color. A lot of us are first time, filling the blank, right? So we don't have that experience or that roadmap of people uh, above us or before us that were able to help us and come back and tell us what to do. And so we're doing it for the first time, so we have to get support. And so, you know, it's, it's always like, well, I don't have the money to get it. So I would just say, we have to be resourceful and figure out who is it that can support us in that moment to help us keep pushing through? I'll add to
1: that. I think there's a few things. One is you have to mind your mind in that moment. You have to be able to force yourself to see the forest from the trees. If that is doing an SOS call to someone you love and trust you and won't condemn you about the spot you're at in your business, which sometimes when we're going through those moments, we are allowed to see those that we think can support us that it's different. So you have to mind your mind if it means you have that SOS call to say, I know things will get better. I'm going to say things that don't make sense right now, Brandy, but I know this is not what I believe, but in this moment, I just need to get it out, right? That's the first thing. And the second is when you're looking at your bank account and what you want to invest in, really look at what you want to invest in. Are you invested in it because this is the shiny bright object? This is the hottest trend. This is a coach or consultant or expert or whatever, or widget do they, can they really support you in your business for what you do? And I say that from a place of investing in technology, that wasn't the right thing for me for like a year and spending oodles of money on tech and things, gadgets and advertising that wasn't the thing. So I think you mind your mind. You really look at your investments with a very sharp eye. And the third is be open to having tough conversations with your vendors, with your creditors, with whoever, because as hard as it is for you to say it, it builds the character within you. The worst thing that as business owners, we hate experiencing is when someone goes silent, whether it's a prospect who said yes, whether it's a client who says yes, and they haven't made their payment. What I find at this stage of being in my business, nearly 10 years is how a person behaves in business is a direct correlation to their personal characteristic. So if you are showing me this as a business behavior, you are just as janky in your personal life. Now, I don't have any judgment on the jankiness, but it's jankiness. We just have to call it out. And then you have to make a decision on, is this what I will tolerate anymore? So how you can confront that is you be the one to be non janky, you have the conversations to say, I want to do business with you. Because let me tell you in the in the seasons where your bank account doesn't match your belief of what you believe is available for you. The biggest thing you can do is build your character by having those conversations. And you would be amazed the grace you will be shown, the doors you'll be shown, the person you will find within yourself, and then how you can handle a situation that comes to you that way. And it really builds you up. So when you do get the moments of increase and rain and and more clients and all of the things, you will never forget the moment you had to make that tough call, swallow your ego, and don't make the call with a, well, you, I remember one time a client was behind on her payments with me and her email to me said, well, I told you in the beginning that, you know, I'd have to do payment plans as if it's my responsibility to make sure you make your payments. No, this is a behavior that I have to stand. That's not acceptable. And that is the biggest gratitude I have in those seasons where whatever the bank account looks like the fourth thing I'll say, and then I'll close on that. Your bank account does not dictate your success or strength as a business owner. It is just a moment. And so when you look at it from that perspective, then you can navigate through that tough moment.
2: One of the things that came up from when you we were talking, LaDonna, is uh, vulnerability and how we're literally talking to an audience that requires their clients to be vulnerable with them in order to truly get supported and to get help. And so also in those moments, that's where we have to dig de- deep de- de- and pull that out as well. And that's re- that's what's required to be able to, you know, address the big elephant in the room. Um, so that was good.
0: Yeah, that was so good. I think my favorite part is the jankiness. <laughs> like the jankiness of,
1: (laughs) right? Because we want to talk about all of the things we want to, you know, and, and I think in the online space in the coaching consultant space, we've made it cute, right? Like Mm -hmm. we say these cute and I I'm just at a place in life and business where it is, what it is. Let your yes be yes. Your no be no. If you said you're going to do this because look, stuff comes up, we're in business stuff comes up all the time. As of June of this year, most major tech companies in the US laid off 180,000 people. Richard Branson laid off of 80% of his base at force. Facebook laid off tens of, t- I think 20,000 employees. These weren't customer service rep or frontline. These were engineers, managers, very high salaries. So everyone has to make the decision. You're not alone. They're not going to run into you at the grocery store and yell at you as how a bad person you are. And if they do, whatever. But you just come to a point where you say it is what it is. Just, I think the lesson in is, is don't be a janky business owner. Be the business owner that's about it.
0: Yeah, and I think from a leadership perspective too, and one of the things I think folks forget about and even what I see with my clients, with the you know the practice owners I work with, Is they forget about other resources that they do have. So they forget about like what's version 1.0. They forget about their colleagues that they could reach out to. They forget about like all the basics, like basic, you know, like let's go back to baseline, let's go back to one on one when you first got started and tap into some of that strength, I feel. And they just read exactly what's happening or they're too prideful because they've gotten to a certain place in business and they feel that if they reach out to somebody, then it's asking a favor. Or if I actually say I I can't pay this or um, things aren't working the way that they should, it's it's comes from a place of pride. Right. And so a lot of times when it comes to money, we have to humble ourselves. And even from a leadership perspective, the best leaders the best leaders are humble, vulnerable, authentic, are very quick to say, I don't know the answer. And that's okay, right? And that's okay. And so during these times, I, I I believe, and even from what my experience from dry seasons and going through even with my career where budgets didn't look right, or I've had to lay off team members or you know, just having some really hard conversations it's helped me to be stronger. It's helped me to be more business savvy. It's helped me to be more resourceful um, because you have to dig deep in order to get through that situation. And then once you're on the other side of it, you recognize like, oh, I got through it. I'm a better person. You know, and sometimes even when it comes down to letting team members go, if that's your money situation, a lot of times those team members are better off for it too, right? So it's, Like there's so many different emotions I feel that can go into it when we're talking about money and different types of situations. And it's, like I said, it's always easy to think that everybody has it together. Everybody has all this money. Everybody is just killing the game. And from a healthcare perspective, yes, like one of the things I will say for the owners who are listening. And one of the things I keep saying is because of healthcare, you are better set up than any other industry to weather storms when it comes to recession, when it comes to inflation, when it comes to some of the ups and downs that can happen in business. But it doesn't mean that there will not be times where the money doesn't look right, or times where you might have to look at your finances, where you might have to do like version 1.0, knowing that you want to do something bigger. So like, for what you were saying, Diane, like, you might have to buy a course to learn more about money because you can't work with the CFO that you want to work with, or you might have to buy a course and learn more about business because you can't work with the coach that's going to be able to make a bigger impact. You'll be able to get to that place in order to further your practice. So I love like this whole conversation. So I'm curious, and I think we've touched on this a, a little bit already, but what are some leadership flaws that are costing us as we grow our business and impacting the financial health of the business and practice? Uh,
1: I can start with that one. I think the first thing is comparison-itis, comparing ourselves to so-and-so's doing it this way. So I have to do it this way. So-and-so's on TikTok. So I got to dance on TikTok, you know, like whatever it is, your comparison could be, oh, so-and-so has, you know, neon lights in front of their, their store. Like, so I need neon lights. So I think the first thing is come out of comparison and go into quiet. Quiet being remove yourself from your home, from your office. If you sit in the target parking lot with a Starbucks, you go to a a nice hotel lobby and have a cup of coffee, whatever it is for you. And I would say, don't even go with your laptop, go with a pen and paper and just ask yourself two questions. What is it that my business is supposed to look like? All of it income team clients products just just list it out because your brain will start dumping answers and then the second question is what needs to go and if we're honest enough with ourselves we will answer that question these are questions not even your coach or consultant or strategist can do for you like this is what you could do for yourself every time you feel like you're hitting a block every time money's funny clients are funny team is acting weird sit down and ask yourself these two questions and then be open the third thing is be open to receive the answer that may not look like what you thought i'll share a personal example i stayed in a business model for way too long to the point where it 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 was painful for me but i had a fear that if i shifted then what would happen because I bootstrapped my business. There's no trust fund. There's no lines of credit. There's no, all of that stuff. Right. And so I stayed in that for way too long until I made the pivot. And when I made the pivot, it was from a place of emotion and not even doing what I just told you to do. And so it was such a hard right turn that it was not prosperous. And so comparison, being in our head, we need to really look as being business owners as business owners. And I think the detriment that online businesses and online, the whole space is doing is we've taken away the core seriousness of being a business owner. Being, I remember being, call yourself entrepreneur or business owner was like not a sexy thing. Like Gary V talks about, it. it was like, you couldn't get a job if you called yourself an entrepreneur, right? And I come from a family where my parents were always entrepreneurs, like yellow pages situation. And so we've taken away the um, concreteness of being a business owner. And we've looked at, like you were saying, Brandy, everyone online is, doing. let me tell you about this online. If you really want to see the behind the scenes of what people are doing, and I've talked to colleagues, I've had friends, um, I've been in in, in just hearing some of the behind the scenes, you know, people could be making all this money, but they don't tell you that they allow for a 30 to 50% chargeback. They don't tell you that they're investing 10 to 50 grand in ads online just to get the space. So we have to remove ourselves from comparison because you don't really know what's going on. The only thing you know is what your gut is telling you. And we have to get back to trusting ourselves as business owners, but you have to remove all of the noise before you do that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I agree with you 110%. I think what I see amongst my clients is the comparison syndrome of their colleagues So they are always looking at like, okay, well, what is so-and-so doing in their practice? And I think it's great to share information, but within the space, even based on where, like I've had clients come to me being part of really large memberships. And what happens is they did what so-and-so did and that messed up their business, right? So they did not pay attention to labor laws. They didn't pay attention to what was required for their state, specifically for their insurance they didn't pay attention to what was needed specifically for their practice, right? They just did it because so-and-so did it and it looked like it worked out well for them or so-and-so looks like that they make a lot of money in their practice, so it has to be right. Instead of coming from a place of, this is not a sound business strategy, this is not how business works, Uh, this is not how healthcare works and you have to be savvy enough to understand that. So like before online, before there was, you know, cause I see a lot of folks too, within, within the space of, I'm just going to become a coach because coaches can make more money than a practitioner can. And I think it's great that folks want to give back and, and definitely help and they value coaching and they can see how it's a, how it's a vehicle to move people forward. But at the end of the day, what you were saying, Ladon, is that we have million dollar practice owners. I work with them and they are not fossing on social media, right? They are behind the scenes, doing the work, making an impact in their community. And you don't see it. You know, they you don't see it. And so we have to recognize that there are folks, yes, there are absolutely people online who are true millionaires, who are truly, you know, doing the thing, but also pay attention to what are they telling you? And are they speaking real business? And are they speaking from where's like that experience coming from right so the amount of experience that we have is very tenured you know from a business perspective we've worked in business for a long time we've worked in different business climates and different business elements you know diana i know you have an mba so it's like so it's really important for us to understand like who are we learning from and what are they te- you know what are they teaching us if they're only teaching us from one experience then that doesn't mean that it's the right experience and it doesn't mean that it's going to make the biggest impact in your specific business, right? And so you want to make sure that you're working with somebody who has a v- array of experience and can speak to different types of, of business climates and how to navigate it or that person is investing in their growth as well. And so even with the retreat that we have coming up on your CEO status, I'm going to plug that in because both of you guys are going to be there. But with that, you know, I know that there's tenured coaches who are coming or tenured, I should practice owners who are coming who teach business because they want to learn more about the business side, right? So that way, as they're working with folks, They're not just coming from this one experience that they've been able to do well. So I I think that's really the point that I'm trying to make is that you cannot be stuck in the comparison syndrome and you have to make sure that you are just putting in real business strategy and not just winging it because you see someone who looks like that they're doing well. And I'm going to copy what you're doing because it looks like it works because it might not work.
2: I agree with both of you. Um, I always like to tell my clients or ask them rather, have you seen their financial statement?" And if you have not seen their financial statements, then we cannot assume um, and follow and copy anything, you know, that we've seen because you don't really have the full picture. Um, It's due diligence. And so when Ladan talking about, we've taken out, you know, really just doing real business, right? Real business owners do their due diligence and make sure that When they are making investments, they're investing in people who do have the expertise and it's a purposeful spend. To Ladon's point, is this going to drive me closer to the goals that I have? Um, But one of the flaws I wanted to mention was just because you can does not mean that you should. And so I've seen where a lot of business owners just aren't trustworthy of other people um, being in their lane. And so they want to do all the things. So we have doctors trying to be coders and billers and you know same for therapists and there are times in business where that might be necessary, right? Where you may have to do those functions. But there are also times where you are again having that scarcity mindset and just holding yourself back and getting in your own way. And so when we think about profit and think about money, you may be costing yourself money and more stress and more strain just because you won't get out of the way and allow the people that are in place to actually do what they're there to do. Um, So that's one of the major flaws that I've seen um, in working with private practice owners.
1: I'd like to add one other thing, Brandy, and you help me with this. And I think it's for those of us that are eight personalities that would love to conquer the hill and keep going and we don't pause and break, right? Um, one of the things I appreciate about Brandy and I's friendship is that we are aligned and we are different so and and she's also extremely confident in who she is as a woman and a business owner where she can tell this a personality what what it is that's helpful for me and there was one day I was like I'm so bored I'm so bored with my business right now and she said boring is good it's okay. That's the moment where you know you're doing the right thing. So I think one of the things that gets in our way is that we think every moment of our business needs to be like hyper excited. How do I feel about this? I don't feel this. You I'm just bored. That does not mean throw the baby out with the bathwater. That just means whatever task I have to do for the next 2 hours just do it. So don't look for this big feeling or emotion to drive you. And I know there's therapists listening that are probably like, that's a trauma response and you're addicted to trauma and all this stuff. Like, don't email me. I get that. But I'm just saying like, it's okay to have these boring, non-sexy, non-Instagrammable moments. You will have more of those and that's real business that is the real business moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree 110% that boredom is good. Routine is good because it speaks to process and systems, right? And so if you are able to have your practice continuously run and it's running well, it's well oiled, that's a great sign compared to if you have all this stuff happening all the time, it's chaotic, it feels hard, or it feels that it's just, it's not working. We'll go in and try to mess it up or implement something that doesn't need to be implemented. So I love what you're saying. The other thing too, Diana, you hit the nail on the head. I literally just recorded an episode that's getting ready to come out tomorrow where I'm talking about stop trying to do your own financials, like billing and coding. (laughs) And like, there's a time and place, I think in the beginning where you can get away with it for a little bit. But once money starts to really come in the door, Please find an expert or learn more about the expertise, because from a financial perspective, like you, it's a like accounting is a degree. And then even with when it comes to coding and billing, those are very specialized expertise. So just like our owners went to school to learn what they did, we have gone to school and gone through, you know, different like just trials and tribulations to gain a certain expertise to be good at what we do today. Right. And so I I feel that when it comes to business, people are just so nonchalant about like, Oh, it's just business. Like, it's no big deal. Oh, it's just money. You know, it's no big deal. Oh, it's just leadership. No big deal. And I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to do it. And I, you know, and I think that that's great that you're willing to show up and just do it. But at the same time, you want to be responsible about it and you want to make sure that you're giving it the respect that it deserves because it's truly a skill set. Skill set, you know, business is a skill set. Money is a skill set. Um, leadership is a skill set. Like all of these things take time to learn and to get more comfortable with. And people negate that part of it, I think. Um, and some of it, I think, it does have to do with social media. Some of it has to do with you don't know what you don't know until you get to it and recognize, like, oh, I probably needed to learn more about this. Like, get help. Definitely get help <laughs> and, and
2: recognize. Yeah. You know, when when there's an opportunity to do so. And I think part of it too is that all of us do know how to do our own expertise, right? But most of us that went to college and all the things, they didn't teach us how to be CEOs or business Mm -hmm. owners. And so that's the aspect that's missing. Like we know you're a great therapist or we know you're a great nurse practitioner or whatever, um, but they taught you how to do that. And so really just being okay with that, and understanding that in these other lanes, it's okay that I have to get support and help in those. And I should, because that's not what I'm here to do, right? I don't want my doctor being focused on billing codes. For what? I need you to understand what's going on with my body when I come in and share, I have XYZ going on. Um, That's where the confidence comes in, right? And same for me, nobody is coming to me to diagnose them with anything, but they do need me to be able to understand and look at their financial statements and help them make a strategic decision That's going to impact them, their life, and their
1: team. And you know, one other thing on that is when it comes to our businesses having these blocks and derailments, sometimes it's a silent sabotage that could come from external. It could come from internal. And it really goes back to having discipline and trust within yourself. I'm a firm believer that not everyone who gives you praise or feedback or that a girl or keep going has your best interest at heart. There are some people that see you're about to step in front of a train and they're going to let you step in front of the train because they want to swoop up your business. There are those that don't have the savvy to see that you're about to, no pun intended with savvy Clover, but that that don't know, oh, that's the sound of a train. I thought it was something different. God bless them. But then you have those where you're like, that is a train you're about to step in front of, and we could be the conductor of the train that's about to hit us. So I think it really comes back to, especially as women business owners, knowing ourselves, trusting ourselves, and having discipline. That is what builds the character that has businesses that are strong. And your whole perspective will change within your business when you do that.
2: I agree with that. And also, even when we think about community, right, and those that you do choose to support you you have to have people around you that when they do say there's a train coming that you actually believe them because they have your best interest at heart and so even in the people that I serve and prayerfully the people that hire me I'm not going to tell you something to try to sabotage you. But in, but to Ladon's point about the silent sabotage is that I think because sometimes people have trust issues, they don't trust that, you know, when someone says this is going to happen, they keep moving in that direction anyway. And so then we still end up in a situation. So trust yourself, absolutely. But also make sure that you have people around you that you can trust in those moments where sometimes it's just cloudy. From your own point of view, and then they can uh, see the light for you and help you navigate that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. I think that having trusted partners for you at, in this journey is so critical. And even for us, with as tenured as we are, I mean, Ladon, you've spoken to NASA for goodness' sake, and you know, so like, and congressmen, and everything else too. And so, like, from a leadership perspective, and understanding that. We all need help and we all need support and that's okay. And just because I feel with, with the practice owners too, and even with myself, you can still be in a place of, of, I don't have it all together in this moment in time and that's okay. Right. And so that's like the best part of leadership too. So I think that this has been such an amazing conversation, such a conversation. So what are some last points that maybe you want to leave for folks who are listening when it comes to leadership and money and how the two are connected?
1: I think when it comes to leadership and money, you know, I come from different schools of thoughts on setting targets and goals. I think the first thing we should always understand when it comes to money is that I believe money is an energy that wants to be received. I'll never forget. I was reading, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. I'm totally forgetting her name, but she had this idea for a book and for years sat on it, sat on it, sat on it went to a conference in another country, met a woman who had the same idea for the book. And she said, go give birth to it because that idea needed to be given birth, right? Um, Melissa Gilbert, I think it is. It, it's Gilbert something. It's either one was in Little House on the Prairie, but I'm talking about the author. I believe money's the same way. Sometimes when we want to do something, the resource is available, but are we open to money? And as for us to be open to money, We have to understand and make a decision that we are CEOs. You talk a lot about this, Brandy, stepping into your CEO status, right? Like we are not, oh, that's my business. Oh, yes, I have. No, we are CEOs. And if you are a CEO that is a woman of faith, you are ordained by God for your position. So when we talk ourselves out of the very position we've been anointed and appointed to, our money acts funny. Because we don't want it. It's like when your dream mister comes along, or you're and and you, he's like telling you, like, you're the one I want. Oh, you're just saying that. No, like this is what you want, right? So when it comes to leadership and money, it is a decision. It is a decision. I am worthy of more. I will have more. I need to set up the systems and structures and the things and the marketing to get that. But Just because you want it and say it, it's going to take time. But if you don't start declaring it and stepping into it today, it won't come in the 60, the 90 days it takes. It's the mindset that we must make to say, no, I decide I'm a leader today. Knees knocking, don't know all that I'm doing, but I'm deciding today and then watch how things will shift. And when you decide, you look at money completely different. What you tolerate with your clients, what you tolerate with your team, what you tolerate with everything shifts where you say, no, that's not acceptable for me. Let's look for something different. And I think that's really the biggest connection between leadership and money.
2: I don't know if I can follow that. Um, (laughs) I think I would say number one, yes, around mindset, understand that you deserve to experience the peace of mind And the confidence that comes behind having a healthy correlation between the leadership aspect of you and the financial management side of you, Um, they go hand in hand, right? And so again, we have our our personal goals and those things that we want to do long term in our personal lives, and we have the business goals, but they both are connected and so a lot of times we make it solely about the business and solely about the team, but I really want the private practice owners to understand that they are important and this is a part of taking care of themselves. And so the peace of mind and confidence that comes from finally facing um, your money, finally sitting down to say, okay, I am going to figure out what's going on here. Everything is figureoutable. I think that's uh, Marie. I don't don't remember her name, but we literally can figure everything out. And so get the support, get the help um, so that you can experience those like emotional benefits of getting this together, right? It's not just about the tangible or having this firm that makes a million dollars, but behind the scenes, did you get to live the life that you wanted to live while you were out here slaving and working super hard for all these other people to benefit? And so that's, that's what I would say. It's about you too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think as heart centered as like, I think with the owners who are listening to this and even with my clients, and just from a healthcare perspective, like we're all heart centered, we all are in a place of let me put this person's for this person first, my client first, my patient first, their care is first, and then we go last, right? And so what I love what you're saying and what both of you are saying, I felt the same way. I led on after you went. I was like, dang, that was just like a mic drop. But like. <laughs> But What, um, you know, ultimately we have a choice of how we show up, right? We always have a choice of how we show up. We always have a choice for how we choose to respond and we can be empowered even in times where we don't feel empowered based on the decisions that we, that we make and based on how we show up as a leader. So we are leaders today. I loved what you said about even God. God says that we're leaders. If he's given us our businesses, then our responsibility is to be a good steward of that, but also to seek him for guidance and wisdom and discernment for how am I supposed to handle this situation? What's the decision that you want me to make, right? Like, how can I move things forward? And when you come from that perspective, it's really, I know I've seen in my business, it's like, it's magical. It's completely magical where you just use the data that you have, recognize that this is for you, Um, and go after what you want, go after what you want, because you deserve to have it because you do help so many people. And because you are in the place of being able to make sure that we're all well. So it's your birthright It is your birthright. So. Thank you so much for you both being here. I appreciate it. And just you celebrating with me for this podcast party. And I can't wait for people to listen to the episode and get in touch with you and everything else too. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode and we will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to show up as an empowered private practice CEO. Speaking of private practice CEO, if you didn't hear, my signature CEO school for private practice owners is now open for enrollment for our next cohort. Private Practice CEO is designed for six-figure practice owners who want to learn the business side of their practice on a deeper level. If you have aspirations of scaling your practice to seven figures, this program is for you. Go to SavvyClover.com slash Private Practice CEO or see the show notes to learn more and apply. Inside the program, we teach you, mentor you, and empower you to lead your practice with confidence, make more money, create efficient operations, hire, grow, and lead your ride or die dream team, and market your practice in a bigger way. This program is loaded. You get on-demand and live business and leadership training, one-on-one and group CEO strategy calls, time-saving tools and resources, job descriptions, policy procedures, marketing scripts, plus our luxury CEO retreat called Own Your CEO Status, not to mention our fabulous intimate community of private practice owners. Right now, if you apply before August 30th, you get access to a bonus VIP day with me and preferred pricing. Get ready to dive into your practice to strategize and make massive movement. If this sounds like a good fit for you, go ahead and apply today.